about to enter the Double Dragon Podcast with Shane Greenwood, owner of Double Dragon Gym in the Sutherland Shire, Trent Lawrence, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, and active pro Muay Thai fighter, Hugh O'Donnell. Are you ready? Fight! Fight! And welcome back to Enter the Double Dragon Podcast on episode 34 at the moment. It's me, Shane Greenwood, as always. And with me today, I've got Trenton Lawrence. Hello. And back in the studio again, it's Hugh O'Donnell. Hello. Nice. All together again. Oh, it's been a few weeks. We're all sitting around holding hands right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we always That's do. That's it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we like to create like, you know, a nice like a uh, circle. It's relaxed. Plastic love from there <laughs> just before the show starts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh he wasn't here last week because he was cornering Luke and Melbourne. I've been all over the country this week. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> talk about like on what we did on Tuesday as well. Um, but like, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about your, your fight on fire the Shire, mate. So you you drew as an opponent from Bull Muay Thai in Karabi, um, Thailand. Uh, Andy, the spinning dragon Robinson, that one. And how was it in the ring, mate? Like, you know, with no headgear, no elbow pads and that in, in New South Wales. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice not to have to just like worry about headgear and pads and stuff. Like getting gloved up is a lot easier. Mm. <laughs> you just strap them on yeah. and go in there. You don't have to mess around for 10 minutes in the corner getting pads on and things like that. Adjusting headgear to see if it fits. And it's just better. It's more comfortable, freer. Mm. You see things better. You see things that are coming at you completely mm-hmm. and like find your shots a little bit easier mm-hmm. without just clanging off some squishy headgear. <laughs> Probably uh, have to go as well, like uh, best walk in of the night also. From there. I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And the lighting helped me out. The lighting's all nice and fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, it, if, you ever, if you ever get on Instagram, you can see one of the videos of, of Hughes walk out. Walk, he walked out to Daryl Braithway's The Horses. <laughs> controversial. <laughs> well, not controversial exactly, but like, you know, doubted. People doubted my walkout. No, I, I doubted it as well. What was the inspiration for that choice? I thought it would be funny. <laughs> That's the only reason you need. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, actually. Because, like, you know, he waited till like, until he ramped up. And the la- I, I forget her name, actually, but the lady who's at the back helping out, she was, like, yelling at me to walk. Like, go, go. I was like, no, you're missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Spooner. Next time you can get, like, a pantomime horse and... Because real horses are too expensive and just ride out on a pantomime horse. Rowan was actually angry at me that I didn't tell him the walkout music choice sooner because he wanted to do something horse related <laughs> to dress it up. Well, that's probably why you shouldn't have told like, right. yeah, That probably worked out for the best. I've like, got a rubber horse here you can borrow. It's as good like it kind of said, as soon as he goes, just where it's going to be, little darling. And it's oh, like he just comes out, just like smoke's <laughs> coming out everywhere. The smoke machine helps. Everyone was on their feet as well because like, you know, everyone's just. Like they were drunk enough cut. by the time I came. <laughs> out. That was the last fight walkout. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have hit mm. in the first fight of the night. Nah, nah, you need to get a few beers into. They just would have been. What the fuck is this? No, everyone was just there, just singing with it. Yeah. <laughs> They're waiting for this. Like you know, the song starts and then he goes, "He's gonna come in." Yeah, he goes, nah, he's gonna wait for it. He <laughs> 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 come in and it's like, yeah, it was really good actually. It looked really good. So um, <clears throat> as well, so. Once you got in the ring itself, there wasn't like a, a lot of a feeling out period. It was like it was straight to work, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of figured like I didn't know really anything about Andy Robertson as a stylist. Like I knew about, like I knew this was his first fight back in Australia after about two years over in Thailand training out of Bull Muay Thai, which is a good camp. So like I didn't have, I didn't really have a game plan. I don't really think we talked about game plan. I just kind of worked on 
just having a look. And then kind of in the first, oh, wasn't even that long, probably like 20 seconds, just landed a good low kick and then saw a little bit of pain. Like, because like low kicks are one of those ones where like if you land a good one like really early, like in the first 30 seconds, like mm. you can set the tone for the rest of the fight because there's, you know, you catch people cold with them and stuff like that. Yep. And it kind of started, I knew once I landed a good one, coming out of that Thai way of fighting, a lot of time, if you fight a lot of ties, they might just kind of have a look for the first mm-hmm. two rounds, as like everyone, like a lot, of, anyone in the know knows. Like that can be typical of ties fighting in Thailand. Is just sort of relaxing for two rounds, and if you get kind of lulled into that, that's kind of what I wanted to. Once I landed a good kick, it was like let's just get straight back to work on that. And I kind of the thought process was just start like low kicks are money in the bank early in a five three minute round fight, like a pr- proper professional fight. If you land a some good ones in the first two rounds. It's four and five that really suck, but the way it went was there there was no four and five. Like they were just on the money a couple times early, just enough to get him thinking about them and then just started kind of breaking the rhythm with the hand, mm-hmm. fainting a little bit. Because he could check. Like he checked a few of them. I yeah. sent my shin in his shin a few times. <laughs> but just break the rhythm enough so he'd check at the wrong time and then just come down on it again. And in the... Well, it was kind of between rounds one and two. I said to you guys, like, I think I'll go stop this with low kicks. Mm. And you said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. And then... Yeah, you just started, started to channel, channel your inner man and try. Yeah, just started going... Up. Yeah, <laughs> throw them three at a time and stuff like that. And he was visibly uncomfortable. Also, I've been playing with, like, that um double foot sweep. Yeah, you know, Where you could good. just take both nice. out and hand that one or two times, which is good. Just to give that other... It looks a lot like a low kick, but it just gives them one other thing to think about. Mm. And then just... um. Yeah, uh, referee Mick Green called two eight counts because he dropped from low kick. So I knew that's what I had to just keep going. Like I thought the sec, like because I dropped him just with repeat low kicks, like just kick, kick, kicked until the leg couldn't take any weight and he collapsed. And then there was an eight count. Then I kind of just rushed back in through. I mean, it only took one more and he fell straight down. So I kind of thought that was going to be it. Like yeah. I didn't. I thought that, that was probably enough. But that's just getting used to in pro fights. You have to let it go a little bit more because yeah, I thought he, like he really couldn't stand and you know, he, and then he rallied back after that one. Like he really started throwing leather, but then just started getting back to just threw a few low kicks and then got, a, actually hit a few hands, like um, hit a left hook behind his ear that sent him to the floor and then just put a low kick in again. And he was, I don't even really think he tried to answer the last eight count. Nah. Well, like you also going bet- uh, to that and also going to the, the, the liver shot. Yeah, the liver shot, yeah, there was like, that was kind of my thought in the early second round was like, if the low kick doesn't do the job straight away, the liver kick was starting to hurt him just by his body language, the way he kind of tucked his guard in a little bit after I landed one and just the noise he made when I hit one of them, I could tell that that was hurting. (laughs) Then just sort of put the two things together, like the liver liver shot low kick's like my favourite way to close out a combination. Hmm. Works well, flows well. Works well. Yeah, so went about as well as I could have hoped overall. No, it was a good one. <laughs> it said it pretty good. <laughs> some nice photos. I saw some yeah, nice photos, photos online. Yeah. You look really muscly and stuff in the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skids did a good yep. job of photoshopping. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Skids, Skids and um, yeah, Lucas. They're, they're really good. Those um, muscles were popping. And um, also, like, yeah, promo video out, out on uh, Fire the Shire. Fire in the Shire pro, uh, promotions. Check it out on Instagram. Also, check it out on the Facebook page as well. Like, we've got a really good promo video by, made by Lucas and Joseph. From there, they did some really great work on that night. Yeah, they're both really talented guys. Mm. And look forward to having them on again. Yeah. <laughs> have to, and we also have to figure out our next date from there. 
It may be February, which is fucking... <laughs> that's going to be... Well, Too soon. But, nah, I'll make it work. But, like, it's just, like, we just got the draw from Sharks, like, saying, like, you know, their footy season kind of thing, and just April will just look shit out. Yeah. With, with Easter and things like that. I was like, uh, might do for late February, maybe the 23rd, maybe. So, I'll fit, <coughs> me and Ron will talk about it this week and decide what yeah. to do. But, yeah, that's all right. Ten minutes also have to give all the fighters notice and things like that. Ready to turn around. <laughs> it's like, hey, no Christmas, no New Year's, yes. you. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, post, uh, post-Christmas, New Year's break. Nah, that's all right. He's going he's gonna to be in Thailand anyway, so he's going to be training them out of work. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that actually suits me pretty well. <laughs> just come back here. Like, like, yeah, three weeks after I get back. Yeah. Might see a few <laughs> dead bods in that event. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did actually. And they actually won. So, oh, well, that's how it goes. <laughs> Tyson Fury. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, talk about just saying a little bit from there. So, like, you know, you were in Melbourne the other week with Luke, and that went pretty good on that. Like, yeah, we talked about that. Good result. Yeah. It's hmm. a good one for him. He's got another one coming up, I think, November 17th, pretty sure. Uh, <coughs> and then you, me, and Karina went down to, uh, or went up to uh, Gold Coast, and we went to visit uh, for a seminar, um, Damien Trainer, held by Mark Pease at Strike Force Gym. Yeah, thanks, and Mark Pease. Yeah, and like, you know, that was, was a really good seminar. That was a good seminar, yeah. It kind of gels with like a lot of stuff that we do anyway. I think like uh, to a lot of people like Damien Trainer, like he has, he's a really good trainer in the sense that he has a system. Mm. Like he's just like a lot of people kind of shy away from the idea of having a training system. This is how we do things because they kind of think there's benefit to being like, you know, we mix it up. We do a little bit of everything, but... You can be, you can have a versatile system, but like I think most of the successful gyms in the world, if you talk to the coach, they have a system and a lot of the time it's written down. This is our system. This is how we teach. And trainer has a very specific uh, like sort of, you know, method. The way he does things, it's a lot of this. It's a lot of like, it's Muay Thai. Like he was a Thai boxer. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't a kickboxer. He'd spent a lot of time in Thailand and he fought and elite level ties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's quite Dutch style. It's sort of Dutch style adapted mm. to... um. Yeah, the full tie rules in the scoring yeah, and stuff like that. Hands and yeah, low kicks especially. Yeah, loves loves a liver shot and loves a low kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to a lot of like real tie style gyms, when he comes through with the seminar, he's showing them a whole different way of training. That's what's cool about his seminars. Like they're really not familiar with the partner drills. Yeah, and building combinations like that and things like that. To us, that's really a lot of how we've always done it. So it was kind of just like a good platform to build on like the tra- the training style wasn't new to us but like it's funny like you know you just watching around the class and like me you and Karina just going blah, 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 just like remembering the combinations yeah. which I was surprised I was, I was pretty proud of myself <laughs> but like and then you see everyone just going what do this yeah I don't get it like for people who are unfamiliar like Damien Trainer's style um like the way he'll lead a class he's like he'll just be demonstrating combinations and he'll build them so it might just start with a jab or a one two That'll build to one, two, hook, body, low kick, adding in just one thing at a time until it's a, a lengthy combination where both sides will work. So it might be one, two, hook, body, low kick, check a kick, fire back, you know, both sides working. So it builds a lot of like a lot of volume, a lot of things like that. And like, um, you know, yeah, a lot of these real tight teams don't train like that. And there was like the whole concept of punching onto the gloves and just kicking partner, not working pads, just working back and forth is different to them. So I was like, that's what's good to get like, um, for these gyms to get trained through and just be open-minded about the different style. But yeah, for us, it's we've always mixed that in a lot and mm. found success with that style of training. So it's good as well. We're not getting shown how to train. We're just getting shown different things within the system. Like, I got a lot out of it. Mm. It's a bloody intense seminar as well. Yeah. So <laughs> how long was it? Two hours. Two hours. Oh, yeah. I 
I legit almost died. Packed heaps in the two hours then. It's like it's just like because like you know just being in Mark P's gym, good gym, and he's a good trainer as well. Yeah, great gym. Fucking hot. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, like, Queensland. Queensland, like uh, it's just humid and like you know, and like you know, just strap the body just because oh, let's warm up and it was pretty much a conditioning session. Yeah, just going from there and then like you know, or like you know, doing three minute like just kind of pad drilling and just back and forth that and just a lot of partner drilling with long combinations. It's like you know, I'm like, I still do conditioning and things like that, but I'm not sport conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> that one, I haven't like done pads in over a year and like drilled in that one. Just, just don't have the time. No, that one. But like um, but like yeah, that's just like. It's going through, it's like, you know, hey, it's like, I'm, I've like I've said that before, I've never thrown up during training ever, and, you know, even when I was fighting and pushed myself to the limit, you know, run the fucking stairs in June, just never threw up. Like, so that was the closest I've ever been to throwing <laughs> I'm just going, mm, I go, oh, okay, I'm not feeling too good. Fuck it. <laughs> just kind of just grit through. I find all the time, like, I've been to a few seminars now when I go to a seminar. It's generally like you're not really sure what you can get in terms of, sometimes it's very, very techy and just a lot of instruction and repetition in terms of like, it's not like a session. Mm. It's more like an instructional. But this mm. one was, it was just like, trainer more just gives you a two-hour session, like as he may instruct a class mm. at his gym and he's just give, showing you his method of training. So it yeah. was just like a full two-hour training session, mm. which is good. Yeah, it was good for that one. It's like, you know, you got that kind of Dutch doll from there, but like you, <coughs> in it with the, the works of Muay Thai, but you almost like, you know, have to take a, like a, almost a sabai sabai approach. Because, yeah. like, you're doing heaps. Yeah. It's a lot of volume. Like, you just get the technique, right footing from there, and just kind of get a little bit of whip on the end of your stuff there without, like, you know, like, <coughs> gritting through it and then, like, you know, gassing out in the first half an hour. And that'll force you to do it right as well. Mm. Like, you have to add that sort of relaxed element to throwing things that you can't always throw things with 100% tension. Yeah. And the best way to remove tension from work is just do too much work to be tense. Mm. Like, do that for an hour. You'll figure it out not to hold the tension and yeah. then you start to really refine and do things correctly yeah. relax same yeah. in jiu-jitsu yeah. sometimes it's good to train tired you can't yeah. rely on your strength mm-hmm. has to be technique <laughs> unless it's at the end of a three hour seminar like that David Vellon one Jesus Christ yeah just doing touch rugby at the end of it <laughs> oh my God. I scored two touchdowns yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and choked two dudes as well it was awesome and I was like can we stop now that, actually that jiu-jitsu football that was fucking funny actually because yeah. like you know it's like you're on your knees it's like he goes here you go it's like it's I guess for him, it's like it's like uh, NFL, but like you know, you can pass the ball, but you could submit anyone at any time. Mm. I like and, that. And then like yeah. if you submit them, they're out. So like there's a, there was a couple of like union guys, and they're there like packing down into a ruck, and they go, "Oh, really? Just fucking guillotine two dudes?" <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "Get it the fuck out of here!" And then like in the last bit, I just got a touch here. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, that, that was my main highlight of that seminar. Nice. <laughs> oh, and the Kimura um, attack system mm. that was pretty cool too. Yeah, well, you know the reason we were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> always did it like yeah always like a good Kimura so. yeah but yeah it's good so like yeah we've been busy from that one so let's look into like a little bit of international matches that have been happening from there or actually you know let's let's like kind of like we'll piggyback off the Damon Trainer seminar why is he in Australia so like he's had his own fighter uh, Dan Edwards Dan Edwards yeah yep, from K-Star um, Legacy fighting um, <coughs> uh, Ben Johnson Ben the Blade Johnson yeah. from the Fight Centre for WBC world title at what weight is it at that's at uh, light heavyweight so 79 point something Ben Johnson is a huge man Ben Johnson <laughs> is massive like he's absolutely huge for the weight like looks like he cuts the weight well like, I think he's, he's got that big frame. Like, he's quite long yeah. and real lean. And, yeah, can obviously get rid of a few kilos to make the weight. Like, imagine he's a lot heavier than 79 kilos right now. Yeah. Dan Edwards himself, not 
real small for the weight, but not huge for it either. I think yeah. Ben Johnson will rehydrate a fair bit heavier. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't imagine Dan would have to cut heaps of weight. And that's like, you don't want to be cutting a lot of weight coming, coming all the way the over from the UK. That's mm. the good way to do it. But I saw Dan Edwards um on the pads with Damien, poor little <laughs> Damien. <laughs> Damien's like, you know, he's, he's got to be a jockey. That's yeah. how small he is. Yeah, he fought him like about 55 kilos in his day and he's not much bigger than that now. Yeah. Like real little. And he just holds pads for this big 80-something kilo. Dan Edwards. <laughs> like he looked the goods on the pads. Mm. Like it's going to be a good match, but yeah. So that's yeah, that's on uh, Destiny Muay Thai for me, and they, they do have a live stream for that one as well. Check it out on Facebook. Yeah, good one. That's a really good card. Yeah, um, got one of uh, like a, one of our friends on there as well. Uh, oh, a couple of guys. We got yeah, there. got a couple. Uh, so like one from uh, Kieran's Muay You. Yep. And there, so we've got uh, Dan Marshall. Uh, who's he? He's gonna fight Alan Ryan, mm. um, Australian based Scotsman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty experienced guy. Uh, spent. Uh, a lengthy stint in Thailand a couple of years ago. I haven't seen a lot of him fight. Like, I saw him fight on Thai fight against Antoine Pinto, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not a lot that. to go by from <laughs> that. Um, yeah, like this is a good match for the the Destiny's promotional belt. Um, mm. Dan looked really good in his last fight. He's been looking good since. Yeah, um, just only recently turned pro. Yeah, just right. um, probably his second pro fight, I think, mm. on the back of um, came back from World Championships and. Uh, he went over to Mexico, the same world that Luke was on, and he was on a little bit of a, a skid there. He lost the one before he went to Worlds, and then lost a close one at Worlds, and lost a good one against Canada at Worlds, and then took a break. Yeah, that um definitely I think mm. benefited him and came back, looked real refreshed in his last fight. I think from what I saw, I didn't see the whole fight. I saw a couple of clips, and he looked slick as. So mm. I think that's a really good match. Nice. And then um, also got David Pinapo. He's, fight, um, he's fighting for, uh, like, you know, trained by Jenny Jones and also trained for Aram from uh, Sitsisong in Rockdale. Um, and the guy he's fighting? Don't know a heap about Maguire. Mm. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, obviously, uh, like, Destiny's pretty good with the matches, especially this one's for a WBC Oceania title, and they don't, like, just hand those belts out. They find the right matches. So I'm looking forward to it. I've heard good, reasonably good things about um, Maguire just through the Muay Thai scene, but can't say that I've seen a lot of him, mm-hmm. but like seen a lot of David. Yeah. Trained a bit with David before this one, actually. I did. Yeah, yeah, that's how you trained for yeah. the last fight. With a bunch of sparring right. sessions with him before this one, and yeah, yeah. he's got a so aggressive, low kicks unreal, strings he's together. He's got a gas tank. He's got some legs on him as well. Massive legs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had big legs. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big pair of legs. <laughs> the Wollongong boy. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to be a good match. Like I always like watching David fight. He's one of my favourite stylists. Mm. Good to see a couple of New South Welshmen yeah. up on the card up there yeah. in Queensland fighting for green belts. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, one match, another match I found interesting in particular, like, yeah, so like, you know, are you ready, Beck Rooney? Yeah, Beck Rooney <laughs> versus Brooke Cooper. Yeah, the psycho. Good match between two very tall girls. It's probably like, the, they're probably like the two best in that division. Yeah, they're two, two of the kind of, the young up and comers. I mean, like, if you even call them up and comers, like they're, they're here, experience. but they're experienced young girls. And like, it's going to be interesting to see both of these girls have had a lot of success fighting girls who can't deal with their range. Like they generally are the taller and they, they're real tall, real rangy, real lean girls. And I've seen each of these girls just smash people who just can't deal with the height, mm. like just too much in the clinch, just clinch knees, just yep. get a hold and just too much range to deal with. So, I think this fight's going to be a good question. You see this a lot in fighting. Who can deal with fighting someone who's... like? I saw the way in picture they're pretty close in height, pretty close in just dimension. Mm. So it's like a lot of the time you see how much of the skill comes through when the height's the same. 
mm. and we're going to see who can deal with fighting another tall girl the best. And mm. that's an interesting match. That's a really interesting match, actually. Nice. Was there any other matches you saw there that tickled your fancy? Um, I know I don't know a lot about who he's fighting, but um, Blaze Taylor is going to back up for oh, last yeah. week, and he's now gotten up to Queensland to fight again in a short really? notice fight. Interestingly, um, like Destiny must have. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but um, there must have been a pull out last week, and Blaze already had a flight because he was going up to watch David because they trained together. Mm. Done a bit of sparring with Blaze as well recently, and he was just like, well. I'm going up anyway. I'll fight if you want me. So <laughs> Destiny kind of just got like a free fighter to yeah. fill it in. And yeah, good opportunity. And yeah, fortune favours the brave. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity well, not. If he's not too banged up, then yeah, yeah. should be all right then. <laughs> cool. All right. So, okay. So let's go into like our international stuff now. So like uh, one championship had, a, uh, had a, a fight night last night from there. Where is it? In Manama? Myanmar. Myanmar. Yeah. Formerly known as Burma. We should still (laughs) Oops. I don't want to start a political incident. (laughs) International incident. But like, um, as I said the other week, go go watch Fight World, the episode on uh, uh, Liftway on that one. That's a good episode to watch. That's a good app, yeah. Mm -hmm. That has a new South Wales guy on as well, but he probably doesn't want to be named on it. (laughs) It didn't end too well for him. But like, um, so, yeah, so uh, <coughs> you guys watched a couple of there. Like there was, a, there was an Australian person on there as well, Josh Tonner. Josh Tonner was in there. Yeah, he's been there on before. You know, he had a, a really tough task as to pitch down. Pitch down's tough. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, like a, that's almost like a hazing. Really. That's <laughs> a, yeah, and that <laughs> seems to be how they're doing business. It's like if you want to come into one, like it's not, they're not doing a thing where like you do see a lot of the time where a promotion wants to kind of, give these Thai people, they give them showcase matches. And I don't think that's the case. It's not like they're having these guys get squashed by big name ties and then never hearing from them again. It's more just like they're saying, you want to be on the big li- on the big show, you got to take the big fight. So a lot of these people, like same as um, uh, Elliot Compton, had to fight Cosmo in his first fight. Like they're not giving these guys easy, <laughs> easy outs at all. They're not like, they're not going to give you the chance to just build your name against nobody's they're going to throw you straight in there but mm. if you want to stick around they'll have you again and that's kind of what happened with Josh Tonner here <laughs> it's funny though it's like you know Petch Dimes is he's just getting these layups yeah <laughs> it's like, but like in fact they look pretty good though they're, no. they're good highlight reels ones Petch Dimes is a destroyer mm. like that left kick in his last fight as well against Kenny T like mm. he only threw the left kick yeah he didn't throw anything <laughs> else after he had already effectively ended the fight mm. he threw more like he followed up with the knee and stuff but like that was when Kenny was already falling down. Like yeah. he only threw the left kick. Mm. Just waited until it was time. Just threw left kick, left kick. <laughs> he doesn't need anything else. Uh, but who was he fighting in this event? He for? fought um, an Italian, Joseph Lassiri, mm. who has a similar situation. Fought Sam A. Gayangadao in one in his debut. So it was kind of like th- what you see in a lot of big shows was just the two guys who had lost in debuts, looking for the matched up with each other, looking for the first win. And, what I didn't understand about this was why it was a kickboxing fight because both of these guys are oh, yeah. tie yeah. boxers. Like, I don't understand if that's the promotion just says we only want kickboxing other than MMA on this. We, I don't know because I can't imagine. Was there any tie fights on this one? No tie fights. Three kickboxing, but no Muay Thai. Maybe it's because of the country. No. I don't know. Like it's like it's like it's like, it's like dude, we don't Muay Thai here unless it's liftway with a headbutt. We don't do. That. Yeah, I, I <laughs> did think that was maybe it. Like they will watch kickboxing, but they won't watch, you know, 
How cool would it be if, like, you know, if like one did <laughs> just for that country? Talk about. I think that'd be cool if they did Leafway. Talk about it. No, talk about. You're telling me. I've never heard of it until Shane was telling me about it today. Leafway. You're the headbutt. Yeah, it's like um. Well, like just think it's just like Muay Thai, but without gloves, and you can headbutt people. And there's like um, there's no winner until someone gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they will. The, there's a time or on the fight, but like it's like old school. Like if no one gets knocked out, it's a draw. Mm. But it's also like it's fucked up. <laughs> it's <laughs> it sounded pretty brutal. Up. If someone gets knocked out, like they can't answer the ten count. It doesn't end the fight. It enters the fight into like a two minute timeout mm. or fight. I can't remember the exact number of minutes, but so they'll put you on the stool after you've effectively lost by knockout, and if after that time you say. Now nah, put me back in. You can fight again. <laughs> oh, man. That's insanity. <laughs> so that's like maybe like... Because I did think like with the Super Series with one, maybe when they're in Myanmar, they would do Lithway fights. Like or maybe that'll happen in the future. Maybe. But like... But I guess yeah. like it has to suit that. But like uh, like I said, like um, watch that fight show, uh, Fight World on Netflix. They go through it a bit and they did it to a fact because like, you know, like it said, like they kind of fight till someone's like basically gives up but in that one it is still just three rounds and then if no one gets knocked out it's just considered a draw mm, there's no yeah. points in that one but like um, yeah fair few people got knocked out in that one I mean, maybe yeah. this one can't do it maybe just for a sh- like they're not like a western promotion but they have that presence maybe you just can't do fights where you just get a draw if no one gets knocked out and like maybe people who are fans of Leafway just won't watch it if they try to kind of they'll consider it watering mm. down if they have to have a winner and stuff I don't know yeah and no, it's like a, as well like I don't know if they will if they're willing to go gloveless. Actually, yeah. As well. Just, you just don't do fucking MMA gloves. Yeah. Know? Gloveless. I saw a, I saw an uh, episode, uh, I think it was on ABC News or something, and they were talking about the bare knuckle boxing promotion that they started <laughs> in the US. With oh, that happened last week as well. Number Beck Rowling. Yeah. I've seen a couple of those fights. So they haven't canned it yet. It's still going. It's oh, just yeah. become a place for washed up MMA fighters mm. to make some money, really. Like Johnny Hendricks is going to do it. Oh, yeah. okay. Ah. Yeah, there you go. It's... it's I was reading about like because I forgot the the third event was on like last week and things like because there was no like no Beck Rawlings or anything like that no big names, <coughs> but um but they were saying like you know there's also there's a there's a rival promotion as well. Oh here we go <laughs> <But> oh, <laughs> already yeah, wow so, big every, time. but like you know it just doesn't get as much uh, press at all or, or they mustn't do as much promotion but it's on like the same weekend as well. Yeah. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. Hey, there's like people want it. <laughs> we already got a UFC and a Bellator in bare knuckle boxing. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's how it goes, man. That's how wow. It goes. Uh, so back over to uh, so yep. So like, how was the fight itself? Uh, the fight was good. Mm. Like it was like a real back and forth brawl. Like um, Joseph Lassiri, I think like the only round that you could like I've only watched the fight once through, but I think like um, Lassiri probably took the first round pretty clearly. But then it was like you no, know, Ton just had to go. Okay, I want to win, so I got to set my feet and go here. There's a couple times where like um. But like the series was taller and rangier, and he was finding a high kick pretty well. And like Tana made a pretty good mid fight adjustment to start hitting counters off of a lean back because the series was like kind of getting into a habit of kind of throwing not over committed but not snappy. Like he was keeping Tana at the end of his range with overhand kind of hooking shots with his hands and long high kicks, so he wasn't really snapping it back because you know that'll happen with someone who's taller. Like, they're keeping the guy at the end of their range, so there's no urgency to get back. And then Tonner started leaning back and getting some pretty good work done. I'm um, starting to find his sort of straight right down the pipe. Like, when um, the Sierra would throw something hooking or sort of looping, he would just be snappy with the right hand and wobbled him at the end of the second in a way that you could kind of see the Sierra was um, noticeably more fatigued after that, which is usually a pretty good... I mean, like it's hard to say in the third round of a fight, like, if he's fatigued, but um, that's, like... 
quick onset of fatigue is usually a pretty good sign that a shot landed pretty well. And like Tonga just just wanted it, just went after it a lot and took a very narrow, um, unanimous points win in the end. Like so, all three judges saw it the same way. So I think it was just like kind of a matter of. Uh, like, no one got dropped over the course of the fight, but um, Lasiri threw a lot, but when um, Tonner threw, he landed. Like, he wobbled him in the second and the third, and that's usually, yeah, enough to get the call. Did more of the realistic damage. Mm. And, yeah, good fight. Good, good fight, fight by both. Nice. Yeah, cool. But, like, it's good to, yeah, that Australia gets represented pretty well then. <laughs> yeah, we've been on the board one. a few times in one, yeah. Like, mm. we've had, uh, I think, like, the Australians <laughs> are kind of getting a reputation in one for always taking really hard fights. Mm. It tends to be, there's, like... You know, Australian sports, like, oh, they'll, they'll get in there and have a go. But, like... <laughs> I love a good underdog, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After some pretty tough losses in, like, the first couple of ones, the Australians started to come back, get some good wins. Like, mm. Elliot Compton had a good one. Josh yep. Tonner's got a good one now. And, yeah, right. pretty good. See if it rolls on. Uh, let's cross over to MMA just quickly. So, there was a Japanese legend that also fought on uh, one one championship. Masa Kazu Imanari. So, all the jiu-jitsu fans will know, would have heard of an Imanari role. He invented it, yeah. <laughs> That's how I thought it was just sushi. <laughs> <laughs> sushi roll. Yeah, so he was fighting uh, Redeem Rahman. I can't remember if that was the guy that Gary Tonin fought. Uh, I'll look up very quickly, but keep, yeah. keep talking. Yeah, anyway. So uh, unsurprisingly, he d- he made an entry with an Imanari roll and uh, into a close guard. And from there, he started working sort of a go-go plata, Ama plata uh, sort of combo. And when, um, when Redeem started defending that, he... Crossed his legs and turned it into an armbar. It was all over in the first round. But one minute twenty-three was the first round, so that was pretty cool to watch. Just like um, with those, like when you get into MMA specifically from there, like those kind of controls. <coughs> it's like, um, do you find like it's a high risk kind of stuff, or like it depends, like you know what kind of grips they get and where they put their positioning themselves to kind of limit the striking? Yeah, well, uh, in a close guard, I guess the, you got more risk of getting. Getting some like fists and elbows, and but you know, if you move it the right way and control the right way, you can get some pretty decent sweeps. Like you know, you can reference guys like Damian Meyer. He'd go into he'd go into close guard, but he wouldn't stay there very long. He'd he'd wait for the guy to posture up and then sit forward and do a hip bump kind of sweep on them and mm-hmm. go 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 to work on top. Mm-hmm. So guys like Imanari know how to move, so he'd be getting him off balance and breaking his posture, and he'd be getting some good grips and controls. And that's what he did with uh, with uh, Redeem. Mm-hmm. He just broke his posture down, started hitting go-go platters. So it's like kind of like sh- choking someone with your shin and grabbing your foot behind the head. It looks weird, but it does work. Yeah. Um, defending it, he just stomped his foot forward into an aim of platter. When he posture it up, he's pulled the arm through, crossed his legs, squeezed his knees and put on an arm bar. Mm-hmm. So it's all about control, really. Mm. Yeah, <coughs> like you're seeing a lot of like the, these kind of high level grapplers like transition to mixed martial arts. Like I said, Gary Tone, and I did look up. It was he wasn't the guy that fought. No, it was a different guy. It's like go. we're just racist because it's an Indian name, and it wasn't nah. Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Soz, sorry, <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, one puts on a lot of shows. Like, yeah, there's, they, there's a lot up. of shows. I didn't even know there was it was on until I saw it today. Mm. You get that yeah. one super app gives you the notification. Gary Tone has got a fight. Yeah, I think Michelle Nicolini's on the same card coming mm-hmm. up in December as well. So they a really good one in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah I think they're on that card. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, but like the same with Gary Tone and stuff, like, you know, predominantly when he's fighting like, like well, in grappling from there, just working a lot of the bottom game from that one. But like it sense like even his transition to MMA goes, fuck, I'm not going to the bottom if I don't have to. Nah. It's like, you know, it's like just using that, you know, 
you know, used with a lot of uh, top control. Doesn't mind using his hands a little bit from there. Yeah. From that and doesn't look too bad, but like obviously you can see it's not quite polished. But fuck, you know, that's gonna take time. Yeah. That one. But like I'm um, just saying, like, you know, uses a lot of those top rides. Yeah, that's it. And he's he's gonna keep working to get to the back because that's that's where his strengths lie and it's better to be on the back than uh, top control is good, especially in MMA because it looks great when you're raining elbows and fists on someone. But if you can get to the back, you can finish it way faster. Mm. Ask Conor McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> was there another uh, interesting kickboxing one on that night? Like oh, the, <laughs> you get the two Moroccans going at yeah, it? Yeah, find out the names exactly. <laughs> figure, remember who was who. I did watch this one too. Well, there was that awesome um, that we were just watching, like mm. uh, the Chinese Han- oh, yeah. Hansi Hao knockout. Hansi Got Hao. slick as just like, uh, his opponent just went for a shot, a shot, and didn't pull it back quick enough. The arms kind of got tied up. He's ripped a shot over the top of it. <laughs> but then, like, I think this was like the co-feature or, or like one of the later fights of the night. Two Moroccans, two two Dutch Moroccans, mm. which is just that's a long way yeah. to travel to like <laughs> yeah. meet each other, especially when like neither of them is a local. It's like, why did you put this fight on? Like, hey, they got a good trip out of those yeah. two. <laughs> oh, one's got some money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ibrahim El. El Bounty versus Tariq Kab Kabab. I don't know how K H B is supposed to sound. Kabab is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this fight was just like insane. Like Abraham had that s- kind of like he looked like he was sort of playing for a sort of slick style. Like he was like sliding himself back to the fence and like sort of trying to like duck and weave and just sort of exit out. And I could see what he was looking for early. He was sending knees up the middle into like Tariq who had that little bit more of a. Con- like what you understand as being the style that these Dutch Moroccans have, which is trying to bellow forward with hands. But Ibrahim was not slick enough to pull off the style he was trying to use. And from the second round through the third, like it went on so much longer than I thought it would. Like <laughs> Tariq was just like, I don't think he threw a kick for like a good round and a half because he found a solid liver shot and started to like double um, Ibrahim over with it. And he just kept ripping in with it. And he had like, like, you know, he's got a little bit of a dad bod going on, but like he's pacing his hand speed. Like he's mm-hmm. probably like, you wouldn't expect it to be so good. They could just rip. Everything was kind of just like liver shot and then just sort of rehand body shot. Left hook, right hook, really. But he'd throw like the one, two, set it and stuff like that. He's just chasing after him to the point where like, I think the ref probably could have waved this off earlier. Like Ibrahim was spitting out his mouth guard to get a rest <laughs> and like got a yellow card for holding on in the clinch because oh, he just okay. couldn't handle like mm-hmm. the... This is like... I think like um, Tariq was really good. You know, I don't think he'd ever fought in a cage or, like, before one hadn't fought in a cage, but you can see he has that cornering kind of ring craft. Mm. And he translated that well to pinning um, Tariq against the cage. Like, he'd faint with his feet one way to kind of have him sliding out the other and send him running into a body shot. Mm. But, yeah, just brutalized him for the whole second and third round to the point where, like, Ibrahim really clearly didn't want to be in there anymore. But he kept going, like, got the other card, kept spinning out the mouthpiece. And then with, like, 30 seconds to go, um, they finally couldn't answer a count. And yeah. <laughs> and that's all Absolutely she brutal performance. <laughs> well, it was just like, you know, it's, it's a banger. Yeah, it was <laughs> a banger, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> going off that one, so, like, you know, into, like, uh, I guess, MMA history, the, f- the first ever trading of yeah. fighters from there. So, like, as it says from there, like, one championship is going to get Demetrius Johnson, and for the trade, they're going to give them Ben Askren from there, which is, like, it's, it's a really interesting thing. So, it says a lot of things, like, you know, like that UFC is really readily, they're really readily available to give up Demetrius Johnson from there. Kind of says like, you know, probably the most unappreciated UFC champion. Yeah, definitely. I think we really won't, like not understand, but we won't really 
think about how underappreciated Demetrius Johnson was mm. until a little while after he's, he's done fighting. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like he would like they couldn't wait to get rid of Demetrius Johnson. Like the whole time he was the champion. And like he contributed to that a little bit himself. Like there were some times where it seemed like he was fighting in an empty weight class with no kind of desire to go up, which like he doesn't have to go up. Mm. But like in the eyes of fans that like he was kind of like, you know, he was saying like, oh, I'll just fight Joseph Benavidez a third time instead of doing anything else. I really want the title record. And people going, okay, this is a little boring. Let's yeah. go up. Let's do something exciting, which I can understand. But like, you know, well, you don't have to well, change weight class. That, like, yeah, before that flyweight flyweight class from there like you know what do you thought he fought like Dominic Cruz and Uri Faber yeah. and like it didn't go that great against him because like it's just this is too big this huge yeah. dude yeah. Oh, he didn't fight Faber yeah for him yeah. it was actually like uh, his other career loss was uh, Brad Pickett Brad Pickett <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> really does yeah but like um, but this just says a lot as well like you know what's the history of, like or what's going to happen in the future of like um the flyweight because like if they're doing that I'm just and like what they talked about before like I think we're pretty much in consensus they're probably going to give it the flick yeah that's what I've been seeing. Like the same place that I saw uh, on Twitter, whoever it was, that said, keep an eye up. Because like before it was announced as a trade, like I was seeing some stuff online about like one either current or former UFC champion will be going to one this week. And I was like, nah, it's not true. I definitely knew it wasn't current. But then like the later on, like they expanded on it to be like, it's Demetrius Johnson. He's going to one. And I was like, I just can't see that happening. Then getting rid of him. And then like from the same place, People seem to be saying, um, yeah, the reason Demetrius knows they're scrapping the flyweight division. That's why he left. So it seems odd to me that you would like how long's the flyweight division been around now? Six years, maybe a little bit more. I think twenty twelve they started it. Yeah. It seems weird to commit to it for six years and then get rid of it. Like the first time the title changes hands. But if they announce they actually are getting rid of it? No, that's just a rumor. Yeah. But like you but know, like, you know, it's like yeah, it's like I can't really see, like, you know, a person like um, their current chairman, Henry Cejudo, reviving the division. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the kind of character no. that's going to go, oh, yep, that's w- this is what Flyweight needed. Well, it's just weird that, like, you see the UFC make no effort to promote Demetrius Johnson, which they really didn't. Mm. Like, um, you know, Jack Slack talks about it a lot. Like, they'd, have a, they'd bury sort of the next best guys on the prelims. Mm-hmm. And then guys who were fighting in title eliminators would be on the prelims. That's not how you promote a title fight. You yeah. stick him in the co-main event of a good card. Mm-hmm. So people like so Demetrius was fighting people no one had heard of. And it was the UFC's fault because they hadn't promoted the other guy. Yeah. Seems like you weird to make no effort to promote a champion. And then when he loses the belt, you're like, okay, we'll scrap the division. But you didn't like him. So like <laughs> it seems like that would be invigorating for them for the division. Like they'd be like, cool, Demetrius is gone, we'll promote this thing. Mm. But now they're like you know, if you liked him, why didn't you promote him? Is it do you reckon it's because there's a natural prejudice towards the heavier divisions? I, that's how it feels to me. Yeah, like people just want to see heavyweights. American marry. audiences don't like lightweight yeah. classes. Yeah, it's well the same it's, in boxing. It's like what are saying if you're going to anywhere that's going to like lightweight classes, like the Asian scenes, the way yeah. they go. Like yeah. one half of a men's strawweight, mm. men's 115. But they actually promote those divisions. Yeah. And, but yeah. it's hard. Like in America, people don't like watching mm. like five foot three guys fight. Like no matter. Like to me, Josh Johnson was one of the most exciting yeah. and most active champions ever. I think. Mm. Like, he pulled off some crazy shit. Yeah, he went out of his way to try and make it good. And, like, he'd be stopping fights trap. with yeah. 10 seconds to go and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> just going out of his way to get a finish in a fight. He was up five rounds. Mm. Like, that's what American fans claim to want. But they just didn't like it because he's 5'3". Yeah. yeah. 
But um, <clears throat> but you guys have to wonder, like you know, he's had to tell in his career. It's like he's been around for a while. Yeah. It's like been like you know, reigned supreme for a long time as well. One of the best champs ever from there. Um, <clears throat> but like yeah, you go you go with the one though. But like he's gonna fight. It's yeah. just like you know, you get especially when he trains with Fabiano Fernandez. Yeah, who's not at twenty five, but he's probably gonna have to mm. mix divisions in. So like well, one, like of the know, one one doesn't mind a free division champ. Yeah, <laughs> but, he, but his coach is a VP over at one, and I was yeah, reading oh, this came about. There's yeah. a conflict maybe. of interest there. I'm like, maybe there is. Maybe. I guess there is, but it's not like. Matt Hume's gonna ref the fights. Yeah. Like I mean, like, and it's like you know, it's like, and it's, but that's it's like saying like putting all, all the evolved fighters on that promotion from there. Mm. It's like there's no conflict interest with them. Yeah, also. it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, like, I really like one. I don't want to look into any of the stuff. That's <laughs> 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 I'm about to say. Ignorance is like, I love one. It's like, like you know, just as soon as Jack's like talks about one, you go la 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 la. Yeah, la. <laughs> I'm not down with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't ruin my dreams. Don't it's bury like, it. Um, but like you know, probably the most interesting I think about because it's in that age. Like, will we see uh, <clears throat> maybe eventually D- DJ versus Horiguchi again at some point? You know, like yeah. you get that like, in Ryzen and kind of one FC or something like same thing. Like one F, uh, well not one championship, not one FC. Yeah, like yeah, they're they're fucking buying a lot of people. Like buying a lot of people. Yeah, they bought Nikki Holskin. They bought yeah. um, they bought um, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. So, so that's a lot of money yeah. they're throwing around. They're throwing cash around. Is Eddie Alvarez telling the truth about how much money he's making in one? What's he like, What's he I saying? Is, what does he say? Like. Guaranteed nine figures or something. Yeah, it's like ten million. Yeah, like oh. million. It just really seemed like he mm. got into like a fierce Twitter exchange with you know um Jonathan Snowden. Who's Snowden? Mm. But yeah, like, like the journalist. yeah the journalist. And it's, it's like, like someone's got to tell him you don't count the like after the decimal point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't count those zeros. Like, yeah, I, um, he tweeted something like really sarcastic about like guys, I've just been offered ten million dollars to write about one seriously, and then like um in response to Eddie Alvarez tweet, and then Eddie replies saying, "Are you calling me a liar?" And he says, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he meant simple. one million, oh, well. not ten. But like, that's right. But let's look at the other side of things now. So Ben Askren. Always like you know, probably like the best person outside of the UFC in that. Was a welterweight division. Well, mm. I think maybe he had a brief stint at mm. one eighty five. One eighty five. When the weight cutting protocol changed, but yeah, he's a one seventy fighter. Yeah, but like you know, just always tell himself the best, and like I guess reason so, mainly beat everyone he fought from mm. that one. <coughs> but now he's like, I guess he's with UFC now. So like, what? And it's like, how would a match between him and Khabib go? Be it's like a good fight. Yeah, I'd watch it. Style kind of stuff, like you know, a lot of that kind of folk style. Top yeah. uh, top wrestling kind of stuff. So like maybe it comes down to the end of the day. Like may- maybe it actually comes down to the striking exchanges. Then Askren's is bad. I think could be <laughs> like I've seen yeah. a, like a lot of like the footage of Askren in one. Like it really makes you realize like he fought some good guys in Bellator. Mm. The last couple of years he's really not fought anybody. Yeah. Like actual can matches. Like some guys who were experienced, but no names. Some guys who were like mm. so kind of like. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that, like, Askren gets over to the UFC and gets, like, made to look average. Like, mm. he's one of those guys, like, people really have him. Like, he's just, like, it's like Eddie Alvarez, like, when he was calling himself the underground king. Yeah. It's like, Eddie Alvarez, <laughs> people love to be like, no, you guys don't know who the best guy in the world is. He's outside mm. the UFC. But, like, we really don't know right now. Mm. And it's, it's, well, like, you know, I don't know how many more fights he's got in him left. And He's like, retired, like, three times. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just, like... um. You can't just buy him and jump the queue either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, who, who you got to give him? It's like, what, him versus Tony Ferguson? Like, him versus, like, you know, 
like a, any one of those top kind of five guys before, like, you know. Well, he'd be at 170, I think. Yeah. So it would be fair if he'd be. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's <coughs> but, like, um, it's just like, it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, like, where, how it kind of fits in straight off the bat. But he's calling out Darren Till. Like, they've both expressed an interest, but Till said he's never going. But I oh, actually, he didn't say he'd never go back, but he said he's moving up to 85. Yeah, it's probably best for him not to be. That shit at 170. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think it's now start, it's starting to get to him now. Yeah, yeah. especially after you see his last couple of fights, you kind of could see it going the cracks starting to show. Yeah. I think I think there's merit in what you're saying about him leaning into his wrestling so hard because he's going. If he goes to UFC, well, he's going to UFC. There's a way stronger wrestling culture mm. in that organization. Yep, because it's part of American sporting history is wrestling. So he's gonna he's gonna have to rely on his hands a bit more then. Yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, those kind of top guys, like, I guess, is it, like, yeah, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. And that yeah. one, it's like, mm, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, this, this, like the, the wrestling kind of gets nullified a little bit there. Yeah. But you never know. So, yeah. Like, uh, it's like, who, like, well, I guess you kind of just smother, like, someone like Stephen Thompson, that one. Yeah, that's a hard yeah. match for yeah. And like, yeah, and like, um, I don't know, it's like, it's, Woodley ever fought, like, a, a really good wrestler? Mm. There's not really many in that division. Not really. Be interesting though. Yeah, I mean, like Jake Shields is mm. a little bit more like a good grappler. Mm. Yeah, like he, he is a good grappler. He just lost like. his uh, last PFL fight, didn't he? Jake Shields. Yeah, he got smashed. Yeah, <laughs> smashed again. <laughs> but yeah. I actually didn't. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Ray Cooper Ray again. Cooper. Yeah, again. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's so the second game, generation <laughs> of Ray Cooper that he's lost to. Ah, oh, yeah, he went <laughs> one and one against this guy's dad. Oh, was it? Oh, I thought really? it was the same person. <laughs> no, like, oh. He fought the Ray Cooper the third now oh, twice, but he also <laughs> earlier in his career <laughs> fought Ray Cooper senior twice. That family just is his kryptonite. Well, he he <laughs> won the last one against Ray Cooper, mm. like Ray Cooper senior. The senior. <laughs> <laughs> senior. He went one and one against him. Is that Ray Cooper senior to the second? Well, that'd be Ray Cooper the second, yeah. Yeah. I think they called him... I don't know. I can't remember if they called him Ray Cooper 3 <laughs> or Ray Cooper <laughs> Man. I'm pretty sure, like, I saw on the PFL thing, it was, like, Ray Cooper the third. There's too many levels to this shit. It says, <laughs> like, Inception. Yeah, so you don't have to continue the name, like, full name like that. Like, <laughs> it's like he has a son that goes, yeah, it's Ray Cooper the fourth. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you're the third, like, you're going to keep this thing going. Like, yeah. it's like the precedent's been set. Yeah. Like, if you're the second, you can change it. You're just junior. Mm. But, like... You gotta go. You gotta <laughs> take the mantle. This is everyone's name now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are yeah. we talking about again? Oh, oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But like, yeah. But so like, but that's like some of the biggest news, I guess, in MMA history for a while. Like, it's like the actual trades and like, um, <clears throat> like one FC seems to be making those kind of moves from there. They like they they went for ages, like not trying to like they try not to poach people and things yeah. like that. But now it seems like this year they just go. It's time They're to trying make to like kind of creep into. I mean, like, one FC's thing or one championship's thing for a really long time was, like, they only needed to exist in Asia. Mm. Like, they were just they were the UFC of Asia, basically. Yeah. Like, they sold out places in Asia and without anyone in, like, kind of the West really even knowing about it. Mm. Now they seem to be kind of, like, you know, they're showing everything for free mm. and getting some more big names from that UFC fans would know are kind of trying to creep over that way. I was but reading about the strategy as to why they're showing it for free. They're trying to build up that international fan base. Yeah. Then they're going to start monetizing it a bit more. I think that's where you'll lose me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's, it's been real. It's like <laughs> it's getting a little bit burnt out. On some of the UFC. I read shit. that bloody like elbow subscription services. <laughs> that bloody elbow article about their finances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was interesting. That just sounded like 
They're making more than they're putting on paper. That's what it sounded like, that article. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Cayman <laughs> Island accounts. Cayman. Yeah, just leave them alone. Just don't read too far into Let it. Let them grow. That's stop right. being in, stop that journalistic Why integrity. Why to be negative? Like, <laughs> who cares if it's a money laundering operation? I don't know. Hey, who's going to hurt in this? You know? <laughs> as long as the fights are good, launder all the money you need. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not like they're getting my money. It's like, it's the, the app's free. It's just like a YouTube link. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, like, it's yeah. not hurting me. Let uh, the advertisers pay them. Come on. That's it. Plus, it gives my gives my fighters opportunities to fight overseas. Yeah, I want a one contract. <laughs> All right, Chachi, so, if you're listening, say, of course he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you are. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> All right, so we'll go a little bit in the UFC, and then we'll talk some Muay Thai from there. Um, so this weekend, so we'll get. I guess like there was a little bit of a break from like MMA and UFC in particular from there, but like now it's like I think it's eight weeks straight of UFC going towards the end of the year. Then uh, we'll be we'll be waiting for another break. Yeah, about four <laughs> yeah. weeks. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, when, when's it gonna stop? And then I go oh, where is it again? Yeah, but like you know, but then you get this fight night one thirty eight. Vulcan Osmir versus Anthony Smith. Who are yeah, I was waiting for this one. <laughs> oh yeah, lit. <laughs> I'm already losing sleep with excitement for this. That's it. And like yeah, it just kind of tells you the state of the light heavyweight division for that one. It's like yeah, you know, some that like fought middleweight and even like even to the welterweights Anthony Smith going up into light heavyweight and just kind of wrecking shop on the on the old legends. Yeah. That's how he builds his name on it. Yeah. Versus like Mr. No Time. <laughs> Vulcan Osnami. Um yeah. I like, really haven't even given half a second. I didn't know this fight was happening. Like, I guess someone's yeah. going. I guess someone's going to go out. It's just, it's not, you know, you'd hope it doesn't go three rounds. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. five rounds. Yeah, it's five a five by five. Ah, yeah, okay, because it's a main contenders fight. match. Mm. Yeah, but that's sad. Who are we picking? Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> what, do you pick for me? Hey, I'm going. I was me. I'm going for him too. I'll go Anthony Smith. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the Lionheart. Even though, like he's he's got a, he's got a lion tattoo on the wrong side of his chest. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> That's really good. That's up there with having your name tattooed on yourself <laughs> in case I get lost. I, I like I, doesn't that the tattoo just goes like it's like what's your nickname Lionheart? Okay, I want a lion because my nickname's Lionheart. Wouldn't like the tattoo guy goes. That's the wrong side. It's like, just yeah, do like, it, bro. No regrets. I really feel like it's like as a tattoo artist, like you're not supposed to be judgmental, so you're not supposed to like mm. you know com- comment. But it's like. Sometimes you got to help these guys out. Yeah, it's like it's on your left side, buddy. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> All right, and the co-main event, we got the goat Artem Lobov. Yes. Yeah. Versus uh, Michael Johnson, like which is a late notice replacement. Actually, this is a weird fight to me for Michael Johnson to be stepping into late notice. Like, he seems to have no upside. Like, I know Johnson's yeah. not on the best run, mm. but like, I feel like he's a little bit above. Um, this like this isn't. It's kind of like it seems like a payday thing to me. Mm. Like you know, it's like it's like the opportunity goes. Hey, you want to fight? He goes. How much does it pay? He's like, it's gonna fuck it. Well, he's fighting the goat. Awesome. Lobo is my favorite meme <laughs> of the like in MMA of the last like ever. I don't say ever. Yep. I love the comment section of anything that mentions Awesome Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> And this is actually like it's funny. Look at these guys' records. Like you know, fourteen and fourteen and one for Artem Lobov, Michael Johnson eighteen and thirteen. But you look at that record. But that, that doesn't like you know the, the people he's fought and yeah. beaten. Even but he's beaten some good. really good guys. Like mm. his records a little patchy these days in terms of numbers, but only lost the really elite guys mm. and has beaten some really good guys. Yeah, it's just a, I don't know. Sometimes he just runs hot and cold. Yeah, well, but like uh, I could imagine as well. Like I want to. Reach on this because I don't imagine Michael Johnson's got pretty long arms. And like Artem Lobov has like comically short arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a crocodile, little, t- little T Rex arms. 
<laughs> that one. But like, um, I think we just heard just recently, like, uh, Michael Johnson missed weight. Missed weight by a pound. Yeah. But the goat being the goat himself, just saying like, yes, no, no, give him his money. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, he took it on a short notice. Fair. Which is fair. Like, That's reasonable. And we we're yeah. talking about before, like, he, he probably knew, like, like they were saying before, like, if Michael Johnson misses weight from there, he's going to give him his money anyway. Why not just make it a catch? Yeah, I feel like, like it's a weird thing. With that, like, it's not going to bump them up the rankings. Yeah. Right? In other combat sports, like catch weights are super common. Like in Muay Thai, kickboxing, oh, yeah. boxing, catch weights all the time. Whereas like in MMA, it's a real like you don't... Like the only time you see catch weights in MMA really is when someone misses weight because you have to sanction it at the weight the person missed. Mm. It's weird. Like if you feel like, oh, I'm probably not going to make this weight, just bump it up a kilo. Like, I don't understand why you don't see that more with short notice fights. Like, I, I even know. remember when, um, I can't remember who it was exactly, uh, Ross Pearson and Chad LaPreeze fought. Mm. One of them just tweeted the other and said, why do you say we just get rid of the weight cut and fight at welterweight, 170? And they're <laughs> like, cool. Like, this is where you can still <laughs> catch weight. Like, you don't have to go up an entire weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a weird thing about MMA weight classes. Uh, I really stick to it too much. They're just really rigid about, like, it has to be. But it was like, yeah, like I said, like, for short nose fight and like you just do this kind of way it's just like it's usually these guys so it, whoever wins or loses it's not gonna thank your fucking ranking no <laughs> yeah. at all it's so like yeah just do the weight just do the catch weight no one has to kind of kill themselves in yeah. short notice from then like and the other guys will probably go yeah I don't want to cut that much either fuck it it's not, yeah. like, it's not like they know they're getting like a major advantage out of it. He's still fighting the same dude. Yeah. He just doesn't have all the time to lose weight and it, it honestly probably advantages you to not mm-hmm. like um that, that he needs the catch weight because mm-hmm. it shows you that he's not in shape. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that, that should be an interesting fight. Who's, who are we picking? Who's picking? Lobov, obviously. Yeah, the goat. The goat. Oh, okay. I'm picking <laughs> that's the surest bet there is. Like, if Lobov's on the card, bet the house on him. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'll, I'll pick MJ then. So you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you're lost, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clearly new to this. But yeah, and there's like you look at the rest of the card. It's like, eh, it's like one of those ones. Like yeah, Misha uh, Sokonov versus Patrick Cummings. Interesting enough. That's not a bad fight. That's not a bad fight. Um, let's see, Guy Vellante versus Ed Herman. Jesus. Ed Herman's still kicking. He's still kicking. Man. Wow. Light heavyweight. Damn, <laughs> I thought he retired many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Court McGee versus Alex Garcia. That's right. Court McGee is Court McGee's a long time. Man, yeah, I thought he was legit gone. Probably uh, beat Robert Whitaker. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. <laughs> oh, when was that? Did. that was, that was a years, long yeah. time. Oh, that would be, be early days. That was like straight, like almost like not too long after they did that. That he did. Uh, well, Robert Whitaker. No, both of them did the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, at, at some point, Cormier yeah. was a while back. Yeah. Like the Ultimate yeah. Fighter ten, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, or like eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. beat Robert Whitaker. Uh, Nordin Tatler versus Sean Strickland. That's a that's a sleeper fight. That could be pretty good actually. And then, like, they got the <coughs> couple of the, the prospect guys from there, like uh, Nazrat Haspak, Hastrapak. <laughs> and there's, like, he's been good in the past. And that one, and Kevin Carter has been good in the past. So there's a couple of little sleepers on there. But, like, generally, when it's like one of those cars, like, yeah, it'll happen. I'll probably read about it. If something know, good I'll happens, I'll go back for it. But I probably won't watch live. Mm-hmm. True. All right. Cool. So that one, and um, got a little bit of Muay Thai action. Got a little bit of Muay Thai. A little bit of Muay Thai and a little bit of kickboxing, actually. Yeah. But it was actually like a really good um, day, night of fights at uh, Raja Stadium uh, two nights ago now, just for the sake of recommending people go back and watch. It was a, um, the stadium's lightweight title was up for grabs at, and I think that's 130 pounds between um, 
Uh, Runkit. I do have the name too, the exact name. But uh, yeah, Runkit, more best, best Gamala versus that Rod Tank. Rod, Rod Tank's Tank. been one of my favorites. Rod Tank, Jeep Wang on. He's on fresh off of a, a win in one, actually, in the little glove. Full titles. But Rod Tank's been kind of like, well, he's been around a lot longer than this year, but I think this year has been kind of like his breakout year. I fought some names. I fought some names. I had a massive K over Monko Q that went kind of viral, like a big hook knockout. And uh, smashed Sergio Wilson in one in a fight that we talked about on here. So, like, he's got a lot of attention. He's, been, he's, he's pretty hot right now. But um, Runkit just put on a smooth as silk performance. Just It's like, like, the reason, like, I recommend watching this fight, especially, like, if you train, mm. is it's like, watch how to win a fight moving backwards. Because, like, Rod Tang is just so relentless with moving forward that he's the kind of fighter that you have to look at and go, you know what he's going to do. He's going to charge at you. And he like he throws knockouts. He throws to knockout, which is kind of like if you want to be a, a hands-based fighter in Muay Thai in a score where the hands don't really score mm. unless they do damage, you have to yeah throw to do damage. And that requires skirting a lot of distance at once sometimes just to close range and mm. just throwing with commitment. And Ronkit just beautifully would just like slide back as um, Rod Tang committed and catch him with kicks and knees. Like just absolutely beautiful fight. Mm. Really good work. That's up on Muay Thai's. Um, and it's on Facebook, but Muay Thai is probably the easiest place to find it. Um, you know, she just really beautiful shutdown, really. Like, in a good fight that makes you... Helps you understand that moving forward doesn't necessarily mean you're winning, which is a concept that you need to kind of grasp if you want to be an effective fighter. <laughs> like, Rod Tang would just charge, charge, charge. And he, he's quite like a... He gets pretty fired up, Rod Tang. Mm. And I think, like, fighters who get used to winning by knockout kind of just almost start to... I mean, like, it becomes, like, knocking people out becomes, like, muscle memory. Like, it's sort of, you treat it like a foregone conclusion, almost. So the way that he charges is that, like, when the shot doesn't land, he's there to be hit. He's overextended. He can't check kicks. He can't negate um, Runkit scores. And they're just... Runkit just racked the points up. And, like, Rod Tank got in there a couple of times. Like, he wasn't completely unsuccessful, but, like, just couldn't really score. He would just run himself into kicks, knees, and by the time he got close enough to maybe punch Runkit, was really good at just tying it up. Mm. Rocky was flicking like a nice jab out as well. You didn't see a lot of like good precise jabs in Muay Thai, but yeah, this is a really good fight. I really recommend watching this one. Mm. But also on the same card is uh, one of the highest level Westerners fighting in Thailand right now, Daniel McGowan fought. Mm. I think you saw this, KO? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was absolutely unreal. Just uh, an elbow knockout over um, Sang Morakot Sakpinya. This was just pearl of a knockout. <laughs> just kind of like... Um, Sagmar, uh, yeah, Sangmarikot was pretty evasive for the first two rounds. And um, Daniel McGowan like, stayed really... Like, I've been really impressed with Dan McGowan for a while, the, the Scottish bloke, like, real slick stylist. And also, he's at a weight where he fights... Like, similar to Damien Trainer in his day, like, he's at that really low weight with that not a lot of Westerners yeah, that are adults are. Like, I think he's, like, 123 pounds, like, just real small. Mm. And then just, like, started to find his mark. Let himself just... Not chase after um, Sangmarakot or anything in the first two, just sort of felt him out and then just plant his feet for a second and ripped the body with a, a nice left body shot and then kind of just like caught Sangmarakot reaching out to maybe clinch because you're at that close range and you can kind of catch people in transition and just rolled a nasty right elbow over the top that just separated Sangmarakot from his senses, <laughs> dropped him with it. <laughs> it, was, it, was like, it was just nice. Just right on the button. It just yeah, that's it. Just right on the button, just mm. knocked him into another century. So, mm. Dan McGowan said like for a while that kind of his goal to be the first UK 
Muay Thai fighter to hold a stadium title. And, like, yeah, yeah. looks like he could be on the way. He's fighting a Petch in D, which is a super camp. Like that's where Petch Dumb and stuff are from. Mm. Um, one of the only big-name non-Thais to be fighting out there right now, and he's hanging. He's fighting at the same level as the Thais. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. Because I think, like, with Petch in the backing of Petch in D, like, they're not only a big gym, but a big-name promoter in mm. the major stadium. So, like, they could, if he keeps stringing the wins together, push him towards... A stadium title, so that'd be see. cool to see. That'd be good. Like it, it's it's like sometimes with those titles from there, just same thing again, just politics playing in place. Yeah, like you know, it's like you know Chad Collins. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know he should be champion. But he's knocked out yeah. the champion of Roger Stadium. It is at his weight class twice, hmm. and they've just done silly things like you know they fight at the 147 pound division, and they'd schedule his matches with um um Sakamon Cole at 148 pounds because the title can't be on the line. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Speaking of Chad Collins, he's up tonight. Oh, is he? Yeah, he'll fight uh, Pong Siri, P.K. Sanchai, who's oh. former Lumpini and Channel mm. 7 champion and a real gamer. So that's going to be a very good fight. I'm pretty good. Like, Top King's pretty good. Top King's been busy, actually. I feel like Top mm. King's on every other weekend now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like I don't hear much of it, like in terms of like, them promoting heaps, but it seems to be a lot, on a lot and they are good matches. Yeah, like the matches are always good. Um, and Chad Collins, man, like mm. he's been fighting in absolute murderous row mm. of Muay Thai. Like, mostly wins. Mm. Um, you know, he beat Pakon, beat Sakamon Cole twice, um, fought Sanchai. Mm-hmm. Like, just um, fighting out of, what's it called, Sitsong Pino and Phuket now, full-time. Yeah. Um, he's just over there living the dream. Mm. And, yeah, just... But if you want to fight, same thing. Like, 147 pounds is, like, kind of one of the pinnacle divisions of mm. Thai Muay Thai and just... That's what happens. Like, he made a name for himself with a couple of big wins. Like, even the losses, like, the loss to Sanchai kind of put him on the map in a lot of ways. Oh, he, he hurt Sanchai. He hurt Sanchai a couple of times. Yeah. And yeah, I think kind of demonstrated his potential in that fight. Because, like, it's, it's sort of just, like, entirely, like, I think guys can make a name for themselves in fights they don't win. It's not all about the wins and the losses. And then, so yeah. then, coming into knockout Sakmon Cole twice, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, he's kind of the... You know, ties are pretty big on him now, but yeah, he's got hard fights. He's coming off a loss to Ponek, who he rematched, who kind of just sort of had his number mm. a couple times. So this is bloody tough match. <laughs> <laughs> really tough match, Pong Siri. But like, yeah, he's on form, so... Yeah, he's in form. Like, this should be really good. Mm. And we've got like a little bit more... Um, it's like there was a glory on, but like I don't even care enough to talk about it. Like I was watching... Hey, because, like, that's fair. It was so <laughs> bad. Like, I was just... <laughs> The fight, like the the only decent fight on the whole card, was supposed to be Cedric Dumbay versus Haruka Gorian for the title, oh, yeah. and Haruka Gorian pulled out and got replaced by Jimmy Vino, and like it was just like that was it. Was like, the man. only kind of, like there was nothing. It was one of those fights where like I understand you never hear about new fighters if you don't watch fights with people you've never heard of them. Mm. But the whole way you structure a card is you put some stuff that people will watch because the guys have name value, mm. and you let them stay for the fights with with um. That then let him discover new people. There was no element of that here. It was like all the way up to the main event, there was just nothing worth watching. Mm-hmm. There was two more names. Usuri Belgari was on the card, who's quite good to watch, but fought a nobody. And um, Sophia Olofsson was also on the card, but same thing. Like, there was no nothing compelling about the matches. Mm. Like Usuri just squashed his dude with a knee to the body yeah. early, and um, yeah, Sophia just pieced the girl that she fought. I don't even remember their name. The girl <laughs> that she fought. Like, they both look good, but yeah, Glory's got to put on. Better card. Doombay's a weird one at the moment. Like his style's gotten uglier. Right. Like he kind of made. I thought I was really high on Doombay for a while as like 
the new king mm. after he beat um, Holskin just because he was so... Like, you didn't see a lot in kickboxing guys who are evasively based because mm. that glory style scoring just kind of favours marching forward and we've seen really bad decisions because one goal is just going forward. Mm. Now he seems to just do basic... Maybe it was a, an element of disdain for the short-notice opponent, but he just kind of bellows forward and overcommits so much on shot. Like, he has a, a beauty overhand, right? Mm. But he's just set it a bit smarter. Like on this one, like if he misses a shot, he'll fall over onto the floor. Like he's just running through things, which is just man. Yeah, he got a, like he got a decent win with a couple of knockdowns, but it was just one of those fights where the opponent Jimmy Vino clearly didn't have enough time to prepare for a kickboxing fight. Like I think he's a tie base, and he got even a point deducted for clinching mm. and sweeping and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully Glory does something better later. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have some good tie boxing. Um, we talked about Destiny. Mm. That's a really good card. There's another really good card on the other side of Australia in Perth. Mm. Really good domination card with um, Toby Smith at the top of it. Mm-hmm. He's going to fight um, Eddie Farrell, mm-hmm. who's based out of Thailand. It's a weird one because you've got like an Australian fighting an Australian, but one of them's flying in from Thailand. That is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. There's going to be some blood <laughs> in that It's a Toby Smith fight. Yeah, it's going to be... Because t- like Eddie Farrell's game, mm. he comes to fight, likes to work his hands. Mm-hmm. Really, really, yeah, really nice. Stuff. It's, it's going to be an all-aggression fight. Like, neither's mm-hmm. going to try to go... You know, this guy's pretty aggressive, so maybe I'll, I'll let him come forward and counter. They're both going to be trying to get on the front foot. Hmm. But um, co-feature in this fight is um, Charlie Bubb from New South Wales fighting Perth, Stefan Lottering. That's a sleeper fight. Yeah. I've heard, like, I kind of forgot about that one. That's a really good match. Like, Stefan Lottering has been getting, like, a lot of people on the scene pretty excited about him as sort of the, the future in the division. And that super middleweight division, sort of Toby, David, Jake Lund, these guys, like, there's room for other people to kind of try to push yeah, up to the top. It top end and Charlie Bubbs at that top end so Stefan Lottering wins here it sets up a pretty big fight yeah. and she's got that that's another one it's just too like Perth these Perth boys the way they fight and the fights they like to put on it's mm. just all aggression and that's the matches <laughs> they've put on this show like um it's like a four man as well is there's that a that? really good four man it's, it's half Thai and, and half Aussie hard man mm. like, <laughs> way put it, like Roy Wills and Barry Oliver are just mm. tough as nails and the way the draws worked is it's the Aussies fighting each other and the Thais fighting each other. So okay. it's going to be a Thai versus Australia final. That'd be interesting, yeah. Unless like everyone just beats each other to death in the first <laughs> That's round, which is possible. <laughs> yeah. But the other side of the bracket is Jack 300 and Lotus, who's new to the Australian scene. He's fighting at a Gab's gym. But I haven't seen a heap of him, but um, I've seen Jack 300 and he's mm. real slick. Still beats really good guys. Like he's, he's definitely in form. And Lotus, I've heard he's really one to watch in this form here. So I'm looking forward to cashing out. It's too late for me because it's in Perth and they're three hours behind. Mm. But um, So it goes through to like two in the morning, but I'll hopefully catch that one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, massive weekend for Muay Thai in Australia. Yeah. Nice. That's looking good. And um, yeah, there's much else from that one. Yeah. There was something on last weekend. It's called Black Belt CBD Invitational. Okay. And I couldn't figure out what the CBD stood for. And it wasn't Central Business di- District. <laughs> Wait, is it's this another kind of like that high rollers? Is it <laughs> another, uh, another weed event? Oh, man. <laughs> is another weed you just took event? But their sponsor is CBD oil. Oh, oil yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, high rollers was a bit different. High rollers was just dudes like actually smoking joints months. before. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Glover won it and he, was, uh, he, split, his, he split half his bag with the... <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so high that you know they could use a piece of string as a blindfold. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not anti marijuana or anything like that, but I don't know. Seems like the Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus community in particular like to get lit. Uh, 
Yeah, what's well, good for my back pain? It's <laughs> medicinal. I got this. Med- Shut up. I got this glaucoma, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's glaucoma? <laughs> now they had. They had the, it was the Black Belt CBD Invitational, and Rodolfo Vera. He's like he's a five-time world champion. He hasn't put a gear on in like four years or something since he moved over to MMA. He took a run at it. And he, he won it. He got the $30,000. Not too bad. Jeez, not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's money in marijuana, apparently. Mm. Oh, sorry. Um, CBD, <laughs> oil. Oil, yeah. Oil, yeah. Same, same, same. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> so they, they got some big names in the jiu-jitsu world and some former UFC champions on there as well. They had a mid- middleweight bracket in the Nogi. DJ Jackson, um, he took it out against Rafael Domingos. Big points. Mm. Just lay on him. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Uh, heavy. Yeah. You know, take, take down heavy attacks. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. Um, he won all three rounds via via points. Uh, then Gilbert Burns took out Marcelo Mafra via points. Um, yeah, that was just uh, aggressive pressure fighting. Um, Mafra lost that on points because he intentionally went out of bounds. So okay. they gave yeah, yeah. they gave Burns the victory via points on that one. Then in, in the middleweight final bracket, it was Burns versus Jackson via... Uh, he defeated Jackson, DJ Jackson, via points. Um, yeah, they just kept fighting for takedowns, neither of them scoring. Mm. Second round, uh, delivered more of the same. Burns scored a takedown midway through the round, and he took Jackson's back for the remainder of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is why it's not a real audience-centric sort of sport sometimes. Yeah, um, so I guess, I guess different rule sets from that one. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, just like I said, we're kind of high on quintet at the moment. Yeah, quintets, that's the way to go <laughs> so far. Um, yeah, and the final round of that, Jackson kept attacking him with takedowns, but Burns kept stuffing him, mm. uh, used top position, took his back and rode it out to the end. Mm. <laughs> oh, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, something funny happened. I thought it was funny. Kit Dow uh, went against Adolfo Vera in the first bracket. Uh, in the, this was in the gi. So they, they, bump, they bump fists, ready to go, and something drops out of the mat out of uh, Vera's gi, and it's his mobile phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, what's that? What just fell on the mat? And he bends down and he goes, oh, sorry, it's my phone. Here, here you go. And the ref took it off him or something. I thought that was weird. He just tucked it in his belt. Hmm. Maybe he was doing selfies with Kit or something. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, he he won <laughs> he won that match uh, with all the pressure passing. Like he's he's famous like snap downs mm. from the neck and pressure yeah, passing. Pressure pass. Yeah. Um, so uh, he took out that one. Muhammad Ali he defeated Taras uh, Taras Humphreys via points. Again. Very unprofessional. Do, do, do. That's oh. so it unprofessional. Connects to, it connects <laughs> to my computer. What are our, <laughs> what are our sponsors going to say? Yeah. What sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Muhammad Ali, he defeated Taras Humphreys via points. Top pressure because Humphreys was a bit lighter. Um, <laughs> Sorry, wife. That was, yeah. Marital message. Uh, yeah. Dofo Vera took out Muhammad Ali via points. And then he went on to, yeah, that was it actually. Yeah. First round, they were just filling each other out. He pulled guard against Ali, created a scramble against Vera and took Ali's back, got top position. Armbar attempt, it was a pretty deep armbar attempt, but he defended it. He survived that. Um, and Ali, 
Ali survived. Yeah, Vera took that round out in points. The second round, Vera went for a single leg, um, but he got taken down by Ali's Uchimara. So that was a pretty cool throw. Um, in the final, Vera pulled uh, an X guard on him uh, and just kept attacking from the bottom. There was a late pass attempt by Ali, but he stymied it. Winning him the match by points. <laughs> He's got a lot, lot to live up to, Mark yeah. Ali. <laughs> 30 grand. 30 and there was a super fight between Frank Mir and Forrest Griffin. Oh, ah, Jesus. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah. Nah, it was lit. Nah. <laughs> How'd that look? Uh, Forrest, he tried to use his... I'm just reading this from... Um, sorry, I've got to give credit to the article. I imagine there'd be a big weight disadvantage going in that match. Well, like this is from Jiu-Jitsu Times. So. I mean, like, at their prime, there would have been a big weight disadvantage. And like, Frank Mir looks like he's been living good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's been he's living well, large. Well, large. Well. So, yeah, uh, Forrest Griffin, he, he attempted to use his cardio to wear down Mir, but in the end, yeah, Mir utilised takedowns and his size advantage to win the match for 10 grand. Ten grand. Ten grand for that. I mean, like, that's not bad, but it's also kind of like, is that, that, that's what it's come to. Like, <laughs> you need that ten grand. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. But yeah. at, least there's, at least they're putting some money out there for them now. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a decent prize pool for yeah. that event. And uh, Lachlan Giles, he was in um, an event in China. That we were talking about it earlier. Um, I haven't really followed it that closely. WLF. Yeah, where's he going? They do like all like us when we our things with them is like you know just a lot of kickboxing stuff. Yeah, I think they're primarily kickboxing. Mm. Like I think that's what most people know them as. But yeah, venturing into MMA and grappling now. Yeah. I guess it's like you know same as like Kulung. Like you know yeah, Kulung like, does everything. Kickboxing, Muay Thai, but then they also do MMA and things like that as well. This was um, Wulin Wulin Fang yep. in China. WLF. So it was a bit of a different format. It was like in the cage, you know, mm. MMA kind of fights and mixed fights everywhere. Um, he says he got two heel hooks, so it was the best of three rounds, submission only. Uh, if you win by submission, you win the round. So he got um, heel hooks in rounds one and two, and round three, yeah, wouldn't matter by then, would it? Yeah. Best of three. <laughs> yeah. It's done. Yeah. How do you like that format, entertainment-wise? Do you prefer to do submission only matches, or you don't mind the, um, it the two out of three? I don't know. I don't know. I'll just I would have to see more of them. See how yeah. exciting they are. I'm I'm going I'm gauging them by quintet now. Yeah. Because I don't you know, even even jiu jitsu people find jiu jitsu matches boring. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which isn't good for the sport. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've gotta you've gotta have a format that pushes the action and quintet does that. So that's why I'm liking it. And I think EBI is still a good format, but they're yeah. leaning into quintet as well now. Yeah. Um, until we, until they start experimenting with these different formats, you're not going to find out which one is going to pull in viewers because that's what it's about. Do you, you want think people the to end watch. goal becomes like whichever one, let's say it's quintet that's the most successful, a bunch of other kind of events do the same rule set and that becomes standardized? Or do you think it, works better if you just got a bunch of shows doing their own thing. Um, it's good It's good to mix it up a bit, but um, the problem with that is viewers, you might not be heavily yeah, yeah. into jiu-jitsu. It might confuse them. It's the same thing with 1FC when you've got a kickboxing fight and then a Muay Thai fight. Like the layman is going to struggle with what the difference is. Yeah. Why they're letting them elbow in one fight and not letting them elbow in the next. Yeah. Like I, I noticed with one, there's a lot of intros, intros to the rules. Yeah, that's and, and they'll dot point it. So it's helpful, but you've got to pay attention. You know what I mean? If you're not paying attention, you're going to go, 
Oh, I thought heel hooks were banned. Like in Quintet, you can't yeah. do heel hooks, but in this one, you could do heel hooks. Well, you need a guy like Chevella. Like, that's the thing with the one. Like, yeah. he's just a beast of a broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does work. Yeah. 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 He's yeah, good. You get your money's worth for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and oh, Craig Jones is in. He's going to defend, I think, his, middle, his middleweight title in Polaris. Polaris 8, he's going against um, Keenan Cornelius. Yeah, that's a good match. Yeah, the kangaroo versus the worm. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cornelius says Worm Guard. Is that Worm Guard in Nogi? I haven't looked at the Worm Guard though. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's in Nogi, so I don't know. That that should be interesting. I think um, Nicky Ryan's, I think he's going for a title in that too. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) He's good to watch. He was good in the last event. The Wonder Kid. Yeah, 17 year old. Man, the smashing adults like the nothing. (laughs) 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 All right, I think that'll do us today from that one. All right, so thanks for listening and remember to follow us on Instagram, enter the double dragon. Uh, Also, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to us on Spotify and all other podcast platforms from there. And uh, until next time, catch you later.